My name is Dana Beck, and you are listening to On the Ground. We are getting excited for the NSEF Gear Up Annual Conference that will take place from July 17th through 20th, 2022 in Washington, D.C. That's right. After two long years, we will be meeting in person and we can't wait. We've been fortunate to continue to share best practices through virtual events in 2020 and 2021, but we know that there's a certain magic to coming together in person. Before I joined NSEP as the Director of Practice, I worked with Oregon's Gear Up program. In total, I've been to probably eight or nine annual conferences as an attendee and as a presenter. I can still remember my first one. I was absolutely blown away at the size and energy of the crowd during the roll call of the states during the first meal. It's inspiring, and for an introvert like me, a bit overwhelming, to see the magnitude and diversity of people across the country who are all working towards the same goal of getting students from low-income backgrounds to college. Today, you'll hear from people from three Gear Up programs who will be presenting a session during the 2022 conference. You'll hear about their favorite part of the annual conference, some advice for first-time attendees, and get a sneak peek at what they'll cover. First up, we have Andrea from Arizona Gear Up, who is a veteran attendee and presenter at the NSEP Gear Up Annual Conference. My name is Andrea Gonzalez Otelo. I serve as the Assistant Director at Arizona Gear Up, which is out of Northern Arizona University. I counted actually in the annual, I've been to eight, but if I include Europe West and capacity buildings, I, I don't know, uh, many, many conferences. I think when I think about like someone unforgettable, maybe I was like very impressionable, but um, Europe was actually, I was a coordinator for the 2012 cohort at a Gear Up. It was my first job out of college. I actually interned for Gear Up as a senior in college and the position opened up. And so it was my first job. So it was July and I had just graduated in May. So it was also like, I didn't travel too much. And so it was my first time in DC, my first time, you know, at a professional conference. So just like soaking all the knowledge in, but also it was also like, very like surprising and comforting to have a community of professionals who were kind of doing the same work that I loved and were passionate and, and, and then even their own backgrounds and journeys were similar to mine, right? Like, like I think our area is kind of unique because either people have a passion for serving students or they themselves identify as like first generation students or immigrants or even hearing like professionals present who had an accent, you know, in English or, you know, and, and that was like, I could just really identify with the professional community as well as like the passion and dedication to students that just made me feel like, wow, like I'm in the right place. And so that was my first conference back in I don't know, 2009 or something. Connecting with others who do this work is obviously a big part of the annual conference. It's also Andrea's first piece of advice for first-time attendees. One of the things that we haven't had in the last few years because it hasn't been in person have been the connections outside of the session. So just talk to people, right? Like get to know them, like where, what kind of gear ups they work for, their positions, their roles, because you do end up making connections that are invaluable. You know, sometimes as in our own gear up, we might have only, for example, like one communications lead in our team or even in our state. And so when that person is stuck, 
right? Like who do they turn to? And I think like the community at large, Europe community could provide those colleagues that are doing similar work, maybe not in the same setting, but they could be a sounding board for those people. So just taking advantage of the downtime, talking to people during breakouts and, you know, the meal times and the exhibit halls, like during all those things, like taking advantage of just like talking to people. I think uh, connecting with colleagues, you know, like because probably I've been to many, um, you start recognizing faces and people and roles and, and, you know, you, you almost like follow them with their cohort. So you're like, so how are your, you know, ninth graders now? And, um, and then even also like their own life, right? Like, oh, you got promoted or you moved or right, you're in another gear up. And so I think those connections are always really fun. Um, even like the vendors, like checking in with vendors, I think sometimes like, you know, we count the mess colleagues too and kind of seeing what their innovations are like in the last year, that's kind of fun. And yeah, so I'd have to say like those connections are for sure like another highlight that I look forward to. And then I think too, for the sessions, I think like having a good game plan, like I always try to plan like how, how to approach it. If I'm going with a team, right? Like we kind of all talk and say like, I really, you know, I like this session or I like that session or Right. And then we kind of divide so that collectively we bring back as much knowledge as possible. And so that's been another strategy of, you know, something that that kind of has worked and, you know, a, a tip. Other times. So I also sometimes I'm frustrated during <laughs> these sessions. Right. Because say, um, you know, I'm serving a cohort or we're, our grant is serving a cohort and our students are in ninth grade. And so I see these sessions like ninth grade, you know, college and career fair and ninth grade transition or whatever ninth grade. And then I go and then I get like so psyched to do something. But for example, the transition, it's like, well, it should have really started in the summer and it's already summer. And so how do I go back? And, you know, and you try to like rush things. And so, so my advice is to, if you're in a cohort model, like be looking at a year or two ahead, right? So that when you bring back ideas, you could actually like continue to research and have time to implement and you're not like rushed with that. I mean, I know it's exciting to go to the one where you're at, but if you go a little bit ahead, I feel like that's that's what's been most helpful for me. And I'll also like ask the question during the session, right? Like sometimes you're like, oh, I'll ask them later or I'll connect with them later, but either later, like you just kind of things happen or you come back to your regular like work environment and you know, you had like 57 emails from the days you weren't actively checking every minute, right? And then it kind of gets lost. So, so just like take advantage of the time you are there. And so if you have a question or wanna to talk to somebody like do it in the moment because once you're back, it's time to work. <laughs> You can take her advice and ask her questions at Arizona Gear Up session that's ideal for directors, grant administrators, and fiscal officers. It's called a statewide college access partner framework. That's the title of the session. And really essentially what we're going to be covering is how Arizona Gear Up established community partners to uh, expand services to students and then also to collect the required match as part of those partnerships. The session will actually kind of 
take us through the storyline of like how we even initiated the thought of partnerships, obviously based on what our last grants and how we, um, our framework there, but how we started with this grant and then um, how we sought partners, what, what we asked of them, our process, how we ended up figuring out which services that we would want them and need them to provide to students um, so we could fill in gaps rather than everybody does, you know, college, everybody does advising. It's like, no, we already have some of that, right? We need you to do this in this school. And then, and then the last piece, which I think um, is, is a, a, a good topic, right? Which is like, how do we leverage our funds so that we are able to collect match through these partnerships? So it's both the services piece and the match piece. And then we do have, since we're entering into year four of the grant um, under this partnership model, we will be talking about how we have um, monitored and sustained those partnerships, right? Like our challenges. So kind of a full story about that. And shameless plug for two other sessions that um, Arizona Gear Up will be leading. What One of them is in partnership with Tennessee. We're going to be talking about those senior launch, senior guides or the next guide, right? That Tennessee created too and how to how we have used those and uh, how seniors are utilizing those in both of our states across the state. So we'll be talking about those. And then we'll also be having another session with our evaluators, um, ICF, and we're gonna be talking about our model of including the folks on the ground, parents, alumni, and um, practitioners, educators in our evaluation process. So those two will also be presented. You can find out more about Arizona Gear Up's other sessions on our conference app. So be sure to check it out. Next up, you'll hear from two presenters who work for a partnership grant in Kentucky. Well, hello everyone. My name is Lindsay Baldwin and I am nestled here in the Appalachian Mountains. I work with Gear Up Promise Zone, which is part of Partners for Education at Berea College. And we serve students all across Eastern and Western Kentucky. And my role is a program manager for IHE Success and Career Pathways, which means that I support the people in the school that are actually doing the direct services with students. I'm Billy Norris. I'm the project director for Gear Up Promise Zone. My office is in Somerset, Kentucky. I work with Lindsay in that office. And like she said, we serve southeastern, south central uh, students in Kentucky. In the past, I have attended two um, wonderful, wonderful NSEP conferences. One of those was in person. It was the 2019 San Francisco conference. And um, this is my very first experience into you know, getting to experience that whole national camaraderie with my fellow Gear Up peers, it was just amazing. There's really, truly nothing like an NSEP conference because you were in a room full of like-minded people. And I say like-minded people in the very best way because every person in those seats, they have a heart for students and they're there for a purpose. They're there to take back those strategies and, and those stories and, you know, reinvigorate their programming and share our best practices. So I'm so looking forward to that. One of my favorite things is that each year focuses on a specific theme and that theme is very intentional. It speaks to um, the social climate and just what's going on in our world. And so I love that each session offered, you know, during the conference pertains to that theme. And that's something that we can take back to our students and 
again, just help them navigate the world and whatever kind of social climate, political climate is going on at that time. I have attended, this will be my seventh year coming up this summer. And uh, like Lindsay said, I've enjoyed every one of them. In the past, we've been fortunate enough to have been able to take some students. This year, we are planning on taking three students for the, uh, the youth leadership part of NCEL. And in 2020, I guess it was, we had the uh, National Gear Up Student of the Year in our grant. Uh, and she will be one of the uh, students that will be traveling with us for this presentation. There's several different things that I enjoy. One is getting to know the, uh, the folks from other areas of the, the country that are working in Gear Up and their, their stories and uh, what they have done that's been successful with their students. And hopefully I can get something from those stories to take back to, uh, to use with uh, our students. Also, I enjoy the, the last day when we have the students up on the, the stage and they get to, uh, to perform and show us what they have experienced that week. So there is several different things that I enjoy about the conference. Seeing those 200, 300 students up on the stage um, at the end of the year up conference. And I know that every day, you know, that we are going into the office and, and doing our work, we know that we're doing it for the students, for our communities, but there's just something so, I mean, it's almost tangible. You can feel it in the room whenever you see these students front and center as they should be, you know, just as the core representation of everything that, that we do. And I love that they, well, in the 2019 conference, they included those snippets of what they had done during the YLS sessions and just watching them break boards and overcome all these different personal obstacles was absolutely incredible. And I love that it ended with a call to action. And, you know, they reminded us that each one of us sitting in those seats, we were responsible for carrying the work forward, you know, ensuring that we are meeting the needs of our students and of our communities. And I just love any, absolutely any opportunity where our students are, like I said, front and center, because they are the absolute primary stakeholder of their own success of everything that we do. And I just love when they are honored as experts of their own lived experiences as they should be. When I uh, think about the experiences that I remember uh, from the conferences, I guess the one thing that does stick out to me is when I get to hear my staff come back and they uh, they've been to an, a session that they're excited about, and they share that with me. Uh, it's something they want to take back to their, to their students and, and implement in their schools. So uh, that's, uh, I guess, what excites me uh, the most about the uh, conference. My very top piece of advice is to write it down, write down all of the contact information of your wonderful colleagues that you meet, write down those stories. Like, like Billy mentioned, you know, we hear so many wonderful strategies and we hear awesome data, but we also hear the story behind those strategies and behind the data. And not only does it speak to the work that we do and empower us whenever we are sitting back down in our offices, you know, getting ready to do the good hard work, you just think you will remember because it's all so incredible, but you will not because you experienced so many wonderful things. So dive in and write it down. That is excellent advice. And you'll definitely want to take notes during their session.
I am so excited about this session because we will have um, four student leaders who are the main presenters of, of this alongside myself. So our session is called From the Holler to the Hill, How Rural Youth Make Local, State, and National Impact. And that's exactly um, everything that, that we're going to talk about. So we all know that, you know, during this time of just turmoil in our world, you know, we're navigating a global pandemic and just everything that, that's going on. I mean, just imagine being a teenager right now. We know that youth voice is crucial and critical and it's really more important than ever. And so we really wanted to create an experience for attendees that honor that and bring that to the forefront. And a lot of, it, of the time in our schools, you know, we have different leadership programs, but we really wanted to focus on something that was truly student led, you know, not just giving them a seat at the table, but giving them the whole table and saying, you know, where do you want to take this? So the four student leaders and myself, we will lead this interactive discussion. We'll have fishbowl method dialogue and you'll hear from the experts, which are the four students and they are um, gear up alum. They are currently in, going into their junior year of college. And so you'll really get to benefit from all of their, all of their experience and expertise what they carried with them through the pandemic that they learned during their gear up years and how they're still continuing to, you know, hone in on those skills that they learned during their time as a gear up student and just how they've carried it forward and paid it back. Anyone can benefit from this session, whether you work directly with students or, um, or if you're like Billy, if you're a project director, more on the administrative level, um, because like I said, you will be hearing from the absolute experts, our students, and these are students who experienced seven years of gear up programming and have gone on to be really successful college students, not just academically, but they've continued their advocacy work and, you know, continue to connect with their peers and build up different grassroots projects wherever they are. And so by attending this session, we hope that you walk away, not just absolutely blown away with how incredible the, these students are. They are just so wonderful, but we want you to walk away feeling empowered and knowing that creating a program like that is absolutely, totally within everyone's reach because you have the experts that you work with every single day, you have your students and no one knows themselves, no one knows their struggles better than them. And we just want to create an experience where you can experience this and go back and mobilize your students, empower your students and create programming that really does honor them in the best way. Thank you, Lindsay and Billy for sharing and for putting the students front and center. And finally, we have a first-time attendee and presenter. I'm Jelani, and I'm with Gear Up for LA and here in Los Angeles, and I am a program coordinator. I work on the central office in downtown Los Angeles, and we serve three different grants of Gear Up, and I think we have about 34 schools. This will be my first uh, NCEP annual conference, and I'm excited about it. I've heard great things about it. I've heard that they're in different locations. It's a great opportunity to uh, collaborate and to mingle with people from around the country who are doing different activities and, you know, have different types of grants that they're doing different activities. So it's a great uh, learning opportunity to see how we're serving our first gen students. I think for myself, um, I would hope to just you know practice being open and practice being present because i do work in a large urban setting 
just to be open to learning new paradigms and new setups from around the country. And, you know, I think we, you know, we have a similar goal of really servicing first-gen students. So my advice to myself is just be open and be present. Jelani will be presenting a two-part session on the importance of student voice to promote belonging, healing, and engagement. So yeah, so the name of the presentation is Circle Up, and it's, you know, we're going to be practicing how do we build horizontal practices so that we pull upon the strengths of all of our students that we serve? How do we build community? How do we up-level all of our students and our families so that they know that they have strengths and they have gifts? Um, and, you know, these horizontal practices are a way of, you know, kind of decentering many of the patriarchal structures that schools and institutions often are formed in. So, you know, being in a circle, you know, everyone's on the same level. So, and so we really try to stress that everyone's story matters. And I like to think about, you know, stories as being a piece of, of a quilt. And, you know, if, if one of those stories is missing, it means one of the pieces of the quilt is, is missing also. And, you know, I think quilts can be really beautiful. And I think when we have people coming from different places, different ways of being resilient, stories matter. And instilling in our students um, that their stories matter, they get to rehearse and to practice so that by the time they get to a university, they feel like they belong. Oftentimes our first generation students feel like they don't belong and they, you know, they suffer imposter syndrome. So we want all, all students to know that, yeah, you've come a long way and your story matters. So um, we wanna practice that and, and circles is just a great way of primarily, you know, making all students know that they have strengths. I mean, circles are great for a lot of other different, different reasons as well. Working prior to this as a restorative justice advisor at a school site and seeing what, how we could help to transform a school using circles and building community and, you know, having a really, really difficult first year, but then the second and third year to see the transformation of using circles and community building to step back and say, wow, is this really happening? So, and just, you know, in personal life at the beginning of COVID, we started family Zoom circles and I thought they would be, you know, tired of them after the first few weeks, but it's been more than two years and we've met every single Sunday and worked through some difficult difficulties as well as, you know, deepen our relationships as a family for, for two years. So I just see the tool as being really transformative. And if we can enroll our students into practicing these horizontal practices, uh, rehearsing, I guess, these horizontal practices and, you know, maybe bringing it into their families and into when they get to a, a college campus, feeling okay being in a, in a Socratic circle or a discussion group. So for me, circles, circles, circles. I think we are much stronger together. And as I, you know, I work with the, the academic advisors in Gear Up, for, Gear Up for LA. And so I often say, you know, all of you individually, you're cute but you're not as beautiful as, as all of us together. You know, all of you, you're smart, but you're not as smart as all of us together. So when we, you know, maybe approach a, a problem or an obstacle through circle wisdom, I think our, we come up with a better solution. So uh, in addition to helping our students 
develop their sense of belonging. It's also a great way of team building with the, the teams as we work on um, school sites, uh, as we are school-based in, in Los Angeles, as we work with school site teams, pulling from all the wisdom of every person who's participating, and then also to draw our students and our families into those circles also. So I think everyone should attend. I just, for me, circles have been transformative in my own life. And I would love everyone to, you know, to practice moving away from patriarchal structures that are top down and to do more um, inclusive uh, activities. Cause I think that's our strength. As uh, a, a 2022 global culture, we could go really, really far with looking side to side rather than looking up or looking down and you know, building community wherever we find it. That's the perfect way to wrap this up. Let's all work together to build community wherever we find it. And you'll be able to find the Gear Up community at the 2022 NSEP Gear Up Annual Conference this July in Washington, DC. Registration is open and more information is available on our website. We hope to see you there, and thanks for listening to NSEPs on the Ground. <laughs>